Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. I just decided not to go get my instrument. Uh, you mean you were too lazy to go upstairs and go get it? Yes. <laughs> All right, well, we can go without it. All right, yes. this is, I think, episode 30, Jackson. This Ooh. is this was one we were thought we were going to, and then thought episode we weren't going to. Episode 15 times 2. And then we finally did get to. So this is the uh, this turned out to be a doubleheader against uh, VMI, uh-huh. uh, the Virginia Military Institute. So we're going to start with Friday night, because originally I wanted to travel down on Friday night, but forgot I've got tickets for SmackDown, and then you had um, practice the next day. So as we started this, uh, so go ahead, we used to do the JGB Wrestling Podcast, but go ahead, tell us about SmackDown, what do you want to talk about? Um, I already talked to Matt about it I earlier, so... I want to talk so... about the Cody Rhodes. Go ahead, tell us about Cody Rhodes then. Wait, I forgot. <laughs> Oh, I told Matt wrong. Who did he go? I told him um, Shayna Baszler who was the dark match. It was Cody Rhodes that was the dark match, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Who did he fight? I don't know. <laughs> I don't I remember. Forgot. I don't remember, but it was cool that he actually had an actual match. Uh-huh. Was it Solo Sakaya? Solo, yeah. Okay. Um, I think that's well, actually, right. No, I think it was Sammy and Solo. It wasn't a tag team. Ah, no, it was Sammy versus Solo. So you want to Solo. talk about a match we don't even know who's in? <laughs> <laughs> okay, his entrance was cool though. I know. Um, I got to see all the people I wanted to see, like um, mm-hmm. the Roman Reigns entrance. Roman was cool Reigns at the start. came out, yeah. and Cody Rhodes did too. So mm-hmm. I think it's going to be um, Roman versus Cody at WrestleMania. It already is. Okay. <laughs> Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble, so he got to pick who he wanted to face, and he picked Roman. So that was why they were going with. That. I didn't know. That's why they were going with that storyline. I didn't and know. And we did get to see Sammy. And, so um, I don't know that. I, um, I want to see Jay versus Jimmy. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So, so <laughs> since you since we saw that on Friday, on Monday, uh, Jimmy Uso and Jay Uso and Sammy were all kind of together in the ring at the same time. And Sammy's like, so come on then, Jay, who you with? Who you with? And he went over and hugged Sammy instead of his brother. And everyone was like, right. And then he super kicked him in the face. And then everyone grabbed him in the ring and totally beat him down. So I don't know. They it looks kicked like- Jay? No, they kicked Sammy, so Jay went, not surprising, went sided with his brother uh, rather than Sammy, so it didn't quite work. Now, when we were at that game, we found out that uh, your practice could be cancelled, and we're like, ooh, well, it would be nice to know if it is, because if if it's definitely cancelled, we could have actually driven straight down from D.C., yeah. And it would be quicker to get there than it is from our home, even though that's another 30 minutes out. Just because you can go 66 west and go straight down. Um, but we were told 7.15 in the morning, we'll find out. Now, we got back fairly late. It was like 11.30. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get that much sleep. And I didn't set my alarm early. And then I kind of showered, came up for breakfast, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's it's canceled. It's been canceled. Woo. So I was like, do you want to go? And you were yeah. like, yeah. So I was like, all right, let's go. Recording so on the Friday, did. and they canceled it. Until the the Saturday, which is tomorrow, of the time of recording. No, no, I'm talking about this. I'm talking about last week's one. I'm talking about the VMI game. But we're, we're, you're jumping ahead to a week ahead's time. But so we knew, it was a, we knew it was a two-hour, 40-minute drive. Mm-hmm. And um, it was. It was actually a little bit less. It was a little closer to 2 hours and 30. 
And um, one of the things we were planning on doing when we originally planned we were going before we knew about SmackDown and before we knew about your tryouts was Stonewall Jackson House. Mm-hmm. Um, there was I wanted to go that was to natural... good candy. <laughs> I wanted to go to Natural Bridges, and I what wanted is that? to. It's a state park in Virginia. It was only about 20 miles south, Does I think. Does it have, like, natural bridges? A natural bridge. Like, it's stone that's kind of built in. So it's not something that somebody's built, but it's, like, it's just something that was formed through stone. So the stone underneath eroded, but what got left after millions of years is what looks like a bridge shape. Cool. It's pretty cool. We'll get Can to it Can I walk point. over it? Um, I don't remember i don't think so but i think you can look at it from because I, I guess if you put weight on it eventually over time it would collapse so i don't think you that's can. why they should just build so a bridge just... atop, over top so you can... well that wouldn't be very <laughs> that wouldn't be a natural bridge if you did that so there was Wait, that, that but it would be made of wood there was and a that's few a natural... other things that we saw and um and we want to go to the VMI Museum as well. Because yeah. I know you're big into war, big into history, that type of thing. And I knew that there was a, well, what hey, I thought was a museum tour. Hey, Market. Now, the Jackson House. I know that you know who it is. Candy. But I know we have British listeners who probably won't know who Stonewall Jackson Candy. is. Because I didn't know who Stonewall Jackson was, I think, when I first came across. Because I didn't study yeah. American history. So, Thomas Jonathan. Why did you just look I didn't up? know his first name was Thomas. i got to admit, I did not know that. The train? <laughs> no, but I, I only know him as Stonewall Jackson. I didn't know his name was Thomas. Uh, was a Confederate general during the American Civil War, considered one of the best-known Confederate commanders after Robert E. Lee. He played a prominent role in nearly all military engagements the guy who... in the Eastern Theater of the war until his death. Military historians regard him as one of those gifted tactic- tactical commanders in the U.S. history. And as we were driving down there, we went through Chancellorsville. And it says, in late April and early May 1863, faced with a larger Union army at Chancellorsville, Lee divided his force into three parts. Yeah. And on May 2nd, Jackson launched a surprise attack against the Union right flank, yeah. driving the opposing troops back about two miles. That evening, he was accidentally shot by Confederate pickets. That was his own people. And he lost his left arm to amputation. And weakened by the wounds, he died of pneumonia eight days later. So that's another place we we want to stop at. You wanted to stop, and I was like, hey, if we yeah, do that. Yeah, I've heard about that move. Like, uh-huh. so, um, he, yeah, they do that a lot in, like, those, like, past wars. Like, they'll split uh-huh. up their, um, group, their force. Divide and conquer. Yeah, and then what they'll do is they'll go from the side around uh-huh. back. Yep. They'll get the side one, then they'll start closing in, on, mm-hmm. and then surround them. I think that's what happened at Fredericksburg. I remember seeing the video, it had like the arrows and it was pointing mm-hmm. to try and show. But yeah, yeah, that's one of the tactics if you then can do it. And that's when they siege mm-hmm. for a ton of time. So we carried on through there. I thought it was pretty much all interstate on the way, and it really wasn't. We um, kind of we drove down to some, Fredericksburg. Like, yeah, we went across through Chancellorsville. Um, eventually we kind of headed towards Charlottesville, and then eventually it was in state because it was I-81, but, um, we stopped at a rest area about 15 minutes mm-hmm. outside. In um, Shenandoah Mountains. And that's it, Shenandoah National Parks in that area, it's the Blue Ridge Mountains. I thought they were called the Shenandoah Mountains. Yeah, uh, there's, guess... there's Blue Ridge Mountains. Yeah, but, too. so Blue Ridge Mountains, I Yeah, was... there's a map of Virginia mm-hmm. in my school. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it says Blue Ridge Mountains. I always think of Blue Ridge Mountains as North Carolina, but they obviously stretch a long way. Yeah, um, it goes through the entire Virginia. Like, uh-huh. Uh, these mountains form a distinct highland rising to elevations above 4,000 feet. Parts of the park include granite that's over a billion years old. The park is best known for a Skyline Drive 105-mile road that runs the yeah. length of the park along the ridge of the mountains. Um, and 101 miles of the Appalachian Trail are also in the park. 
Now, I also talked about, and not for this one, because it would have been too cold anyway, but at some point, like, trying to camp there. All right, mm -hmm. well, I found, as I was looking up the Shenandoah Mount Park, it came up with this. While in the backcountry, campers must use a leave-no-trace policy that includes burying excrement and not building campfires. What's excrement? Um, fecal matter. What is that? Turds. <laughs> so you got to bury your poops. So I'm like, they don't have toilets on any of these campsites? So I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, let me carry on. Backcountry campers must also be careful of wildlife such as bears and venomous snakes. Campers must suspend their what? food from trees while not in use in bear bags or park-approved bear canisters to prevent unintentionally feeding the bears. Um, I don't think I want to be camping anywhere if there's going to be bears, uh, venomous snakes, Dad, we can just and you've got to bury your excrement. We can just buy a <laughs> We can just get a knife. Uh, but or I'm not going to care about that. It'd be too late. Or that you can get a hunting license, uh -huh. get a hunting rifle. You will be trying to sneak food into the tent and then bears <laughs> will come in because they'll try and get it. Uh, no, I'm not that keen on doing this mm. after all. So I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's going to work. As we drove into Lexington, uh, we drove through um, a bridge that said VMI to try and get to the Jackson house. The directions on the GPS were terrible. They sent us around in loops and then we missed it the first time, but we eventually got there. So, you want to tell us about the Jackson house then? Besides having nice candy in the gift shop. Um. So the so when you enter, you go into a separate building. Mm -hmm. Um. It's like the gift shop, and they have some items that that the Jackson family owned. Mm -hmm. Um. And then you exit to the right, and then the house and farm is there. The garden. Yeah. Yeah. They they did have uh, crops that they were growing there. Yeah. Can you remember? They had anything? strawberries. They Robbers, had garlic uh -huh. um, they had I remember the garlic because you mentioned vampires, I think. Yeah, they had, um, they had like, cabbage or something uh -huh. like that. Um, they also had his... Carrots. A yeah. recreation of the carriage that he bought. Yeah, they had yellow when his mother-in-law came to visit. And orange carrots. Oh, okay. And but I never knew they had yellow carrots. Inside the house, you could get a tour that was on your phone, or uh -huh. you could just walk around and look to see... Uh, we kind of did a bit of both. We watched some videos. Some other guests arrived at the same time, and I kind of felt a bit rude listening to a video when they were only halfway. They only just arrived, so they only heard the end of it. So we didn't do that. Um, the Stonewall Jackson House, located on East Washington Street, uh, was a residence of Stonewall Jackson from 1858 to 1861. Now, I'm going to be interested to see if you recognize this name in a second. The house was constructed in 1800 by Dr. Archibald Graham, who purchased the house and significantly expanded it in 1845. Dr. Green sold the house to then-Major Thomas Jackson, a professor at the nearby VMI, and it's the only house Jackson ever owned. He lived in the brick and stone house with his second wife until the outbreak of the Civil War in 1861. In 1954, it was converted into a museum, and in 1979, the house was carefully restored to its appearance at the time of Jack Jackson's occupancy. All right, I think it, you're probably not going to remember that name, but Dr. Archibald Graham... Who's that? All right, so you didn't recognize the name at all. Now, it didn't really fit with me because I was like, hold on, Field of Dreams, Moonlight Graham, that's a doctor. And I was like, I'm sure that guy's name's Archibald. That's quite an unusual name for me. And I was like, hold on, that can't be right because he was up in Minnesota and it was not that era anyway. It was uh, early, early 1900s. Same name. Dr. Archibald Graham. I was like, oh my god. Uh, so it's not, this is not Moonlight Graham at all. But I was like, oh, we're on a baseball trip. But, um. And there's somebody who owns Stonewall Jackson's house who's the name of a baseball player. I would say famous baseball player just because he appeared in the field and dreams. I thought that was pretty crazy. 
Same name, but totally but different person. But who is Moonlight Graham? He had one appearance. you got to watch that film again. Oh, yeah. He only okay. had one appearance. And 1, I don't 000. think he... he didn't. No he, no, he didn't get to bat. I don't think he got to bat. I think he just got to field. But he said his dream was always like to stand there for a pitch and kind of wink at the pitcher and then uh, take a swing for it. So, um, but yeah, no, I thought that was weird that that was the same name. And um, Speaking of baseball, I just noticed the weedy, the Calric and Wheaties we have. I did, yeah. I put them up there, yeah. I, Wait, uh, it says 2131. It did. That's why. That, well, that's why he got a box. Next was, that's um, why the box foot. came out. It was to celebrate him breaking Cal Ripken's okay. record. That was a, Wait, Cal a, Ripken breaking, breaking Lou Gehrig's record. I mean, so he that was, was the whole. Dad, point. the second Iron Horse. Uh huh. Iron but, Horse 2.0. Yeah, he didn't just get a randomly appear on a Wheaties box. It was to commemorate him breaking the uh, record. And um, we finished the house probably well, the around wedding, uh, um, eleven o'clock. So we headed up to VMI. Uh, parked. Um, it was before the tour was going to start, so we did a little walk around. Um, anything about the campus you want to talk about? Uh, not big... including the tour yet, because we're not. It there. was a big campus. Mhm. That was it. Yeah. We took our picture near the entrance. Uh, we looked at some of the houses. There were some cannons, so you took your picture Cannon. next to a cannon. Yeah. There um, were some statues. For the first picture, um, it looked like I was, um operating the cannon uh-huh. and the second one I was looking into the barrel of the cannon somebody didn't realize you were t- doing a joke for that because they were like oh my gosh um JJ's uh, like um that's not the sort of thing you should do looking at cannon I was like he told me when I was taking a picture this one's called a uh, future Darwin award winner <laughs> or something like that so I was like he knew exactly what he was doing so um yeah and I did mention, we found out later, that they were actually going to fire a cannon at 5 o'clock. And I mentioned we were going to go there. And somebody said, uh, make sure Jackson doesn't do that at 5 o'clock. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I think he knows that. I think he knows that. So, uh, VMI was founded in 1839. It's the oldest state-supported military college in the U.S. And the U.S. News and, Report, uh, News and World Report had ranked VMI among the nation's top undergraduate public liberal arts colleges uh, since 2001. Uh, no other college in America is so attentive to and so proud of its product. I think this is from their own website. Uh, citizen soldiers are prepared both for civilian leadership in their professions and for military leadership in times of national need. VMI's multifaceted program is designed to instill each other in cadet the lifelong values of integrity, devotion to duty, self-discipline, and self-reliance. Now, I don't think I mentioned this to you. As I was walking into school on Monday, uh, Mason had his lacrosse stick, and uh, the, the uh, I think it, she's a Spanish teacher. She was following behind. She's like, oh, is that your son? I said, like, yeah, it was. And um, she said, oh, well, my son used to play lacrosse in high school, and he used to play um, lacrosse in uh, college as well. He went to VMI. I was like, hold on a second. I was like, did you say VMI? And she's like, yeah, yeah, he was a cadet Damn. there. They have all the So they had a cross team. So um, yeah, he was there. He was actually there for four years. So I was like, oh wow. He was a rat. He was to begin with, and we kind of talked about that. And I mentioned. Yeah, uh, he has like a stuff. rat bible. <laughs> I mentioned that little book as well. And then anyway, as we were kind of going our separate ways to our different classrooms, she uh, she mentioned the fact that um, she said, oh, perhaps he might want to go to VMI. And I'd, I'd forgot to explain that it wasn't Mason who'd come with me to VMI. It was you that had come with me to VMI because he actually had practice on Saturday, so he couldn't come. Uh, what else does it say? For cadets of special athlete, athletic ability, VMI maintains a highly developed program of intercollegiate athletics. 
as the NCAA Division I level member of the Southern Conference, the SOCON, for most sports. Every cadet is welcomed as a candidate for participation in any sport, uh, but cadets who do not participate in athletics are encouraged to participate in club sports or other athletic programs. Athletic competition develops cadets physically and enhances their team building skills. This is an essential aspect of VMI's method of developing leadership in each cadet. We saw somebody playing golf on the, uh, the that green area as well. So. Does that mean they have a golf team? I don't know. It might be they don't, and perhaps they he was doing that. He wanted to do something sporting, so he was doing golf. So I don't um, know. They might. Dad, I could just not join a team, and I could just um just play some friendly football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they definitely recommend that you do different things. Um, as we were walking around, we saw the statue of uh, Cincinnatus. So who was Cincinnatus? Can you First remember? First citizen soldier. Yeah, um, he was an opponent of the rights of the common citizens who fell into poverty. Oh, because of his son. I think I missed that part as we were walking around. Did um, I tell you that? Violent opposition to their desire for a written code of equally enforced laws. Despite his relatively old age, he worked his own small time, small farm until an invasion prompted his fellow citizens to call him for leadership. He came from his plough to assume complete control over the state, but upon achieving a sweet, swift victory in only 16 days, relinquished his power and returned to his farm. So yeah, he was kind of classed as the first, uh, I guess, a regular person who wanted to do good for other people, and then he went back to regular life, but he had that power. But he was kind of, um, I guess, like a role model for those guys, right? And when I did say at the time, like, is that where Cincinnati got his name from? It yeah. is. It is. Dad, there were several examples, Adam, and in Italy, there were several examples too. That it said a lot. Um, it said that you could, that um, some people at VMI will choose to be the citizen soldier. Uh huh. And I think they had like some other thing for that. Oh, don't know. I think that's what it said. Don't know. They they always obviously try to be uh role models. Now we went towards the museum, but the doors were closed, and I was like, "Is it shut?" And I looked you on the website. To open. They were really big doors, and actually there was another group after us who thought it was closed as well and were waiting outside. But yeah, we opened it and then got inside and we're like, oh, there you go. And there was an elevator that took you into the museum, and we mentioned that we wanted to do the tour of the museum at 12, and they said, all right, we'll let the cadet know that you're here, but please go look around the museum. So what sort of things did you see in the museum then? I got a couple of things I wrote Boxing down. Boxing kangaroo. You got the kangaroo, yeah. So, the rain jacket. And the rain jacket. So do you want to talk about the kangaroo first? Uh, yeah. Um, it looked like a baseball mascot. Uh-huh. Um, well, I think you thought it was a, a rabbit first, I seem to remember. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you but couldn't that, see his tail to begin with. Yeah, but I thought that it... Um, but I thought it was a mascot and somebody was in there. Um. It was definitely a mascot. You yeah, but it had... But we didn't really know why. Yeah, but it had um, boxing gloves on. Uh-huh. Kangaroos are known for boxing. Uh-huh. So they have, they have stage fights. And um, what about the raincoat then? What was the significance of that? Um, it was Stonewall Jackson's. Uh huh. And, any... and it had the bullet hole in it. I thought it had two. I thought they said it had two, but they I only saw two. one. But I only go to the Young Confederate Museum okay. in Richmond. I I know you want to go see some of the museums as well. We've driven yeah, past some of them. It's because he said um that um Stonewall Jackson's personal pistol was at that museum. Ah, okay. And did you remember anything else from the museum? I had one other thing written down that I knew you were interested in, so I did the a lot more research. Dorm? No, well, that was true. We, uh, they had a recreation of what the dorm looks like, so you could see. Um, the rings. 
The tradition of wearing a class ring oh, yeah. was originated in 1835 at West Point, which is also a military academy. In order to visually display the unity amongst the group, someone had the idea that everyone in the class should wear a ring with a similar design. Each one of the students wanted to showcase something which would remain as a remembrance of the time they spent at West Point. So they had d demonstrations of rings from most years. They didn't have all the ones. There were some gaps, not surprisingly, from like the 1850s, I want to say. Uh, but pretty much from 1920 on, they had every single ring, but there, there were some really cool ones. It was ones. 1916 on Okay, so 1920 is pretty close then, right? I don't think 1950s. I mean, 1915. Okay, alright. But they had them for basically 100 years then, right? They had every single one for the last 100 years. So I wanted to talk about basically. that one. Now, yeah, that's why the 2024 one. Now, anyway, we started walking around, and then another group arrived. That was the group that were waiting outside, and they were part of some... Uh, fraternity and they want part of the fraternity it's like a group of people so they wanted to come and join that as well and then as soon as they went as soon as we came the cadet was there introduced himself told us a little about it it was like let's go outside and i was like huh it was a tour of the campus not a tour of the museum which actually worked out even better so those dorms that you mentioned was the, was the entire bottom was, was the what? bottom bottle what um the bottom of the Oh, I thought you were talking about the tour. You're talking about the museum again. Yes. I was going to ask you, what was your favorite part of the tour? Uh, that we had, that we got to go into the old dorms. Yeah, you, we didn't get to physically go into the... We got to go into the main building, but we didn't go to inside an actual dorm. But normally you're not allowed in there at all. They did mention that... I think this is relevant to mention at this time. Um, before we went in there, they talked about one of the places was an area where they investigate if there's any misdemeanors. So they said that they're very strict, like they have a one-strike rule. There's no cheating, no lying, and no stealing. And that'll come they up again later. They didn't say the stealing. Yes, they did. Because it was exactly what I said to you at the time. I was like, we just listened to, on the way up, some wrestling theme tunes. And I was like, that's exactly the same as Eddie Guerrero. I said, Eddie Guerrero wouldn't do very well here. Because he says, we lie, we cheat, we steal. So it was those same three things. Except they don't do those, obviously. And they mentioned the fact they don't lock the dorms because nobody would steal. So, anyway. So we walked through there. And, um, yeah, we kind of walked around the campus. We went back inside. We looked in the hey, memorial Dad. hall. And it got towards the end where there was questions. So, I asked the question, how on earth does a school get a kangaroo as a mascot? Because it just didn't seem obvious. Mm -hmm. And his response was, uh, somebody brought it to a football. Uh, football game. And also they mentioned the fact that kangaroos don't move backwards, which was actually the same as the military. Like, you don't want to retreat. Mm -hmm. That's actually the same as North Carolina, UNC. They're the Tar Heels. So one of the stories is it was like the soldiers, it was like the North Carolinian soldiers, it was almost like their feet were in tar, so they weren't going to move backwards or retreat. I hadn't made that connection at the time. But you had a question as well. Um, you remember what your follow-up question was? Why would they bring a kangaroo to a, to a football game? Now, that was a great question from you, and I'm surprised nobody else kind of answered that as well. Um, the only thing I can find is um, the, the kangaroo was called Mo, and Mo. somebody at VMI Mo? actually owned a small zoo. Vaughn? So... VMI. No, Movon. Oh, M O E. Well, same first name, yes. So if you had a small zoo, then I guess you would have a kangaroo, possibly. So um, anyway, that's how it. So it did seem weird how you'd get a kangaroo, but it, that, that's kind of how that happened. But I still think it's weird that you would bring that. But I did mention that there's other colleges. I think it's LSU that has like a tiger that they used to bring to games. Because you were like, a tiger? I was like, I, I know. It's just, I don't know. I guess it's just what they did in those times. Um, anyway, we Jabril finished the... And, um, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson played at, for, um, 
at LSU. Oh, they did? Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else you want to talk about that museum then, past the downstairs bit that seems to interest you so much? Um, the only, my favorite gun was a semi-automatic. <laughs> they also had some British uh, weaponry there as well, because I saw the British pistols. flag. Yep. Um, we went to lunch. And there was um, an extremely long, long arm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They, you could see how they'd be so difficult to fire. They'd be heavy if you stretched them out that far. And also, I it found my rifle accurate. pen. I uh -huh. finally found my rifle pen. Uh-huh. Uh, we went to lunch, uh, we came back, we tried to park in, the, we kind of left it a little late. Um, we went down to the parking lot, completely full, so we had to drive all the way back up to the top. And actually, when we parked, there were steps straight down into the stadium, so okay. it was fine. We were there in uh, plenty of time, and we went across to, because you asked me, like, is the home team always on the first base side or the third base side? I was like, no, it depends. Sometimes they are. So, Coppin State play at home on the third base side. And actually, for this as an away team, they played third base side. So we went across to the third so base side. So Coppin State always going to be on third base? Not always. It depends on which team they play. When Coppin State's at home, yes, they will always be on the third base side. But, they were, but when, when they're they away, away, it depends they're... on what the other team chooses. Okay. So on that team, VMI chose the first base side. I think the Orioles chose the first base side as well. They do. So it depends on which team that you're playing. Um, we went. We were the only ones who were sat on the Coppin State side, but it means we so, could sit wherever we came liked. Over, some did later, but we we could choose where we wanted to sit. You could sit right on the front. Um, you could so back up a few rows. You could stand next I to the commentary my gloves team. So I can catch the thing. You so bought I the, catch gloves, the yeah. balls, but mm -hmm. they all went over into the field. Uh huh. Well, that was fine because there was some stairs down, and you could go get them. So you could do that. In fact, one point you went to get a ball, and then I had to call out to you. I was like, "Watch out!" because another one came foul towards. So I bounced where like you were thirty from. feet to the left, standing uh -huh. right next. I, to I didn't know that. I didn't know exactly where. Yeah, I was and I had a copy statement on, and it was blocking my view upwards. Uh huh. So I didn't see, and then I. Well, that's And then out the corner of my eye, I just I just. Well, that's see why you should cover fall. your head. <laughs> you at least want to cover. You want to put your arms over your head. If it hits your arms, that's fine. But if it hits your head, that's not so good. When Dad, I want to act like it's a tornado. Um, I would rather it hit your arm than hit your head. Your arm might hurt, but if it hits your head, you would, it would really hurt. So, um, yeah, so you want to cover and protect. That's why you do that in a tornado drill. You're protecting your head. Your head's the well, very back, easy to... my spinal cord. Well, it could hit I'm not bare. worried if you the ball hits your back either. It's not going to hurt as much as if it hits you it on the head. It could paralyze me. I don't think so. Not when it's just coming down from gravity. If you had a line drive into the spine, it might hurt. But not when it's popped up and it's just coming over. But so if it lands on your head, be... it would still... So I'm, I'm still surprised that you don't think a ball to the head is worrying. Like, you're not worried about that at all. But you're more worried about your arm or your back. I was hat. Okay. That would cushion it. <laughs> I still don't think you won't get a hit in the head. You realize why people wear crash helmets and things, right? You know why the players wear batting helmets? Because wow. if it get hit in the head, it's not good news. So, well, I don't know. Perhaps you don't want to protect your head, but everybody else thinks it's a good idea not to get hit in the brain with a heavy object. But hey, you do what you, you do what's best for you. All right, Jay, you got the stats there for game one. So I do. Cop oh yeah. Yes, you do right there. <laughs> so Coppin State were coming into this with a six-game losing streak, I believe. So and now it's eight. So how did it go? How did game one go then? Oh, the other thing we didn't realize, we assumed it was, we forgot it was a double header, and we thought it was going to be nine innings, and it wasn't. It was seven innings, because we were surprised at the end. All right, so did I print those stats out for nothing for you? You're not going to tell us any of the score, right. or any of the individual uh, performances, or who pitched, or what the... Four to six VMI. It's... What, what was four to six? It's just VMI, then. 
What's four to, I don't know what four to six means. Via my word. Okay, that's it. Uh, I don't think you need a podcast if that's all you want to say. <laughs> they could just find that out on the internet. Just be giving some insight. And Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Rafino pitched. Um, Marcus Herond and Nico Felber pitched. Uh huh. Um, they weren't the main pitchers in this game though. Are you, Wait, hold it on, says they the pitched right, eight. Hold on, have you got the right one? You got yeah. the wrong one. That's the that's game two. Um, I was gonna say, why are you reading those names out? Okay. Like Liam was pitching in game one. Like I can remember that. Oh, I was okay. like, you're not gonna mention the starting pitcher. All right, actually, it was three to eight. Uh huh. VMI. Liam was pitching and Giovanni Canales was pitching. That's it. All right. Well, VMI took a seven zero lead after three. It was a six inning three. game. No, it was a seven inning game. They that is if they're dead. winning after seven, they don't. It said five innings pitched. They don't need to pitch if it's if they're already winning after seven get innings. There's no point in batting in the seventh because Coppin State can't catch up at that point. Lee, you don't have to pitch the whole game. You just mentioned there's relief pitches as well. So no, it's unusual for somebody to go a complete game. So um, no, Coppin State was seven down and it was kind of difficult for them to come back at that point. There were I didn't think there were some very good calls though in this game. Um, I remember one incident where I, I think it was. Um, I think it was, was it Josh? I think it was Josh. Like he Hankins? Yeah, he did not like the call, and Coach was not happy with the call. In he fact, looked over? Coach looked like he pointed at the scoreboard. Like, watch the replay. Um, ESPN were filming. I don't know if they showed the replay or not, but to me, it looked, did not look good. There was a few who they were not happy, and I, you could kind of hear Coach telling them, like, look, I don't... You look, you, there's, some of the calls are not going to be good. But that puts pressure on you, though. If they're making bad calls for strikes, you feel more obliged to swing at bad pitches. So I kind of felt a little sorry for Coppin State in uh, in this one. Oh, I'm surprised hey, you haven't talked about the scoreboard yet. You you're in love with the scoreboard. Oh yeah, this. it looked like a semi-pro scoreboard. Um, like, why was it so cool? Um, like it had the animations for the players. Yeah, yeah. Not yeah. the entire list of people of the people batting. Yeah, you can see that as well. on the side. Yeah, the speed. You could see the speed of the pitches coming up as well, which I don't think uh-huh. I I don't think I've seen before. The only place I saw that college, at anyway. was at the Fred Nets. Yeah, like I, I haven't seen it. We haven't been to many college stadiums, so it's not really it might be more common than what we know. But no, they'd obviously spent a lot of money on it. One of the things as the scores came up as well, like once they got a run, instead of it just changing numbers, I don't know if you noticed, the numbers actually moved upwards. I was like, that's kind of a cool little touch as well. But no, that scoreboard that scoreboard looked pretty cool. But I thought you were going to mention that one. Um, anything else from game one? Um, no. It was, like I say, it ended before we realized. We thought they had a few more innings. Um, yeah, final score, 8-3. to three. VMI had 11 hits. Uh, Coppin State had 6. And there was one error for Coppin State. So the game finished much earlier than we thought. We thought it was going to finish like three-hour game, pretty much. Um, it would finish around five o'clock, and um, you wanted to go up. They talked about on the tour that they were going to fire the cannon and they were going to do a change into the guard. So we kind of got up there a little earlier. We sat in the car for a little bit, had a snack. You want to talk about the change into the guard? Um, they pretty much marched down the street, and then they marched back, and they didn't fire the cannon. Yeah, we we asked one of the guys, like, are we in the way here? And they're like, no, no, they're going to come this way in a second, but no, you're not in the way. Uh, but they're probably not going to fire the cannon, and they didn't. They did something, which I thought you would have mentioned. What did they do? They didn't just march. They checked the weapons. They did a little inspection, yeah. They took like the flagpoles. They, the... they took the flags off the flagpole. They yes. lowered the flags, they folded them up, they presented them, they Bravo. marched off with them, and then they put them away. There was a trumpeter as well. And, but... 
They also check weapons um, at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. They do, yeah. Yeah, if it's not, if the weapon's not um, correct, then um, then I don't... They're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, then no, they have to keep everything in the fire and condition, because that could be a life or death situation. Except in, at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, they don't really um, actually load the rifles, they just use... They have a pistol that they use instead. Uh-huh. Now, on game one, it didn't actually say what the attendance was. Um, it just said the time was two hours and five minutes. So after that, we came back, because game two was supposed to start at five. Um, and actually, and we knew we were going to be a few minutes late. It actually started early. They were already in the second inning when we got back. Mm-hmm. So it started at 4.35. Um, it was two, So we could have actually watched the first 25 minutes before we came on. Anyway, we didn't know they were going to do that. Um, second game was 2 hours and 51 minutes, 375 in attendance, and um, when we came back, it was 3 to 1 VMI, so, do you want to talk about things in this one? Um, Let me get that one out of the way, let me look at the right one. Well, I think you already told us who was pitching in relief. Actually, who was the starting pitcher for this one? I mentioned some pitchers. The starting names, but... pitcher was... Oh, it was Marcus Heron, that's yeah, right. Yeah, it was Marcus Mm-hmm. Um, five innings, five earned runs, and uh, just a couple of bases on balls in that time. Yeah. I'm looking... Any other stats you want to share with us? What is H? Hits. Oh my gosh. Oh my god. We need to take you back to rookie school on how to score. Yeah. I think you would have known that one. Alright. Oh boy. Their starting pitcher was, um, for VMI was Holden... <laughs> Was um Holden Wilkerson, um and he pitched and he pitched two point two innings, uh-huh. and Nathan Holly pitched three point yeah. one innings. Yep. Now they gave the win to Holden Wilkerson. I didn't think you could get the win if you came out after such an early point in the game. I thought you had to pitch a certain number of innings to qualify, uh, but obviously not according to this. I could have sworn there was a game earlier where somebody was leading after three innings, but they didn't get the win. So, I don't know how that works. Um, it take, took Marcus Heron to 1-2 and two on the season, and uh, Holden Wilkerson is now 2-0 and o for the season. And, um, yeah. Any batting performances you want to mention in this one? I thought there might be one in particular. Brian Nicholas hit a homer. He did. And, and I saw Venus and Jupiter. <laughs> we saw those because it started to get dark towards the end, didn't it? Um, with the game not finishing until around 7.35, something like that. So, you see, we thought it was going to finish in the 7th, because um, the other one did. So we were getting ready to leave, and then they were no one was shaking hands. And, oh, they actually did the 7th inning stretch. So you want to talk about the 7th inning stretch? No. It was, I don't know it's what the song was. my least favorite part of the, um... But that was, they didn't sing the song that you don't like, though. They played some other music, and the, I won on the VMI bench, kind of danced along with it. It reminded me a little bit of the, uh, Corn Dusters. So, I thought that was pretty cool. And then um, we're like, oh, I guess the game's not over no, then. No, it was the... Was it Cotton Eye Joe? I think you said yeah. it was Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, they played that one. And, um, yeah, so the game carried on. And I, I, I thought in the second match, I was like, Coppin State's coming back. I was like, I could just see it. Like, they were getting close. They were getting close. And, and Country Boy. And it didn't... Um, yeah, they played another song as well. Um, I did mention to uh, uh, Brian that you have his ball. And um, if he would like it, we're going to be at the game on Saturday. And he said that would be cool. So I'm hoping that you haven't lost it since you last since I last asked you. <laughs> you when said I, you knew where it was. Yeah, when we came back, I put it on the train table. 
Whew. So it should still be there. So as long as there's not five other balls there and you'll make... Actually, you should know because it should still have the conference on it, right? Mm -hmm. The... Was it so No, this is NCAA Championship. Oh, it did? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But I knew there was some distinguishing feature that you recognized. But yeah, you went... You said, can I go look for that one? I was like, sure. No one came to look for it, so... Yeah, uh, you got it. And I said, put it that one in your pocket. I took it to the left of the foul pole. Uh-huh. I don't know yeah, it was a big, it was a big home run, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I, I thought that was going to start the rally, and um, yeah, at that it point, didn't I quite happen. To, at that point, I needed to pee, so I kind of hurried up, <laughs> so I could run back. Uh huh. <laughs> the one good thing with their bathrooms, uh, they had very hot water. Yeah. And it was starting that to get really burning. cold, so we kind of warmed our hands up at one point. Um, I was not impressed with the concession stands. You were fine because you wanted a pretzel for game one, so you got one. And then game two, I saw there was hot dog buns, so I was like, well, they must have hot dogs. And they're like, yeah, we're out of everything except pretzels. I was like, oh, great. So you had a second pretzel, but I wasn't Ooh. particularly impressed with the, uh, the food options. And this is my third day in a row of having pizza. That's random. I had it for lunch. <laughs> I like, What's I going to do with anything? <laughs> I had it for lunch. Uh -huh. Oh, because it's consecutive meals yeah. that are the same. Okay. And then seven yeah, eleven pizza on Thursday. Uh-huh. And then... Wegmans Pizza on Friday. Oh, it's possible you'll be having pizza tomorrow because we're recording Friday night. Uh, we're going to head... You're going to do your tryouts at 11. You mentioned earlier they have cancelled the Friday game. It was rain here as well in Virginia, so it's rainy everywhere It was Virginia. It was raining in Lexington. We're we talking about today. Okay. You wonder what the weather's like in Lexington. So they've announced that the game against, I think it's Wagner, um, is now going to be a double header. Because originally you wouldn't have. What's we can't, Wagner? It's the name of the college that they're playing. So originally we wouldn't have been able to get up there till about one. Which if the game would finish at like two thirty, that's probably not worth it. But with it being a double header now, it's definitely worth going. We'll see the end of the first game, and we'll see the whole of the second game. And then we'll go to MC. Uh, talk about MCW wrestling. I don't know. I want to. I forgot. This I is really. Get... I know you want to, but there's something really important happening tomorrow night, which I'd forgotten about. It's Great Britain versus USA in the World Baseball Classic. So Mason this and I. It's on sleep. I'm sorry. It's not on sling. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll look. Perhaps it is on sling. Perhaps I'll look. It might be. If it's on Sling, I can record it for sure. Um, but if it's not, I really want to see that game. Mason and I went to the Great Britain qualifiers in 2016. No, not 16. I don't remember. 2017, I, I think it was. It's not. It's, they're in the. This is the actual tournament. This was to qualify for it. Um, Britain lost in the final to Israel. Israel made it to the World Baseball Classic. Great Britain went home. But this time, Great Britain qualified. We couldn't go to it because it was in Germany. So we couldn't see the qualifying. I watched the qualifying matches when um, Mason was doing his um, golf. I was watching the game because I knew if, if Great Britain qualified, they could make it. Um, it's in Phoenix, the qualifying matches. I looked, but like, I... I couldn't, I couldn't get out there. It was too difficult. It was too far. It was too expensive. I couldn't take two days off. Like, I, do I take the Friday off so I can get there in time? Do I take the Monday too? I looked and I just couldn't figure it out. But worse, you guys don't have your passports right now. We got the pictures taken, but you can't go on a plane without a passport now, apparently. I thought inside America you could just travel, but apparently you need a passport. So it would have been just me going anyway. And then that was at that point, I was like, I'm done. I'm not even looking it up. But it's at the Diamondback Stadium, but I do want to watch it on TV. Ooh, Dad. I think Wainwright's is, pitching for the Cardinals. Wait, is it spring training right now? It is, but the people who are in the World Baseball Classic are doing that instead. So, yeah, Adam Wainwright of the Cardinals is pitching for the USA. I'm not sure who the British pitcher is. 
Um, but I really want to see that match, so I don't know. Um, I'm, I'll look up options on Sling, and then we'll take it from there. All right, I guess you got to play your pretend outro music. Is there then. any spring training games in at Oriole Stadium? No, no, no. Mm. Oh, it's in warm climates. It's in Florida or it's in um, Phoenix. Uh, it's, it's, sorry, it's in Arizona. It's the Grapefruit League, and uh, I don't remember what the other league's called. M the one in Florida. MLB. I don't know.